Everybody was kung fu fighting. Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clayer. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And Alex Sennard. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal and No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Oscar the Grouch and Grover. And we watch Jiu-Jitsu. And I want to make something perfectly clear. Correct. Thank you. I'm not even done with the first one, but, you know. Yeah, it's perfect. It's time. We know. <laughs> <laughs> Could not help it. So, before we get into this film, Parker, do we have any news? Ready Player Two? I would like to use my Dragon Balls right now. (laughs) Can we all combine them together? (laughs) What do I have to do to make sure I never watch this? I will never be assigned a book. Let me rephrase that. You can assign a book. I will not read said book. Don't (laughs) buy you the audiobook. (laughs) Is Will Wheaton gonna do it again? Oh Chris man, that's what Oh yeah. Hey, I like that one book that Will Wheaton, Will Wheaton read. Um, I'll tell you this: they released what the first two pages, I guess, of uh, Ready Player Two. Of all the pages to release, why didn't you just like some pages in the middle or something? Give away the plot. It's okay. Don't release this. Don't release that. Eight, what eight six seven five three zero nine or whatever song? That's like the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. I mean, I'm sure there's no more of that on the rest of the pages. So, right, yeah. yeah it was a really weird choice adorable. to release these two. Probably got it out of his system early. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it reads it's, like it's, parody, but not in a good way. Like It's just like setting the mood, you know? <sighs> now that we got all that out of the way, we can really <laughs> dig into the plot. <laughs> you guys like the 80s? No. Not anymore. So does is he like king of his gamer world now? And uh, everyone has to pay tribute to him by, like, singing Van Halen songs. Is a man not entitled to his kingdom of <laughs> 80s pop culture references? I now just actively hate Ghostbusters, like, just as a concept. I, I hate I'm Van over it. Same, but Back to the Future. Well, I've been on yeah, that boat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also same, but yeah. I just like to get that in. I'm sure he drives the DeLorean and goes to a pyramid or something. Uh... Speaking of... <laughs> Actually, we should read it. Yeah, I'd fucking be stupid if that happened. I'd really hate that. <laughs> Alright, let's get into our Jerks of the Week. Oh, fuck. 
I can't believe you've done this. My jerk of the week is Carmen Sandiego. Now, many millennials seem to believe that Carmen Sandiego was great. You hear a lot of people say, Oh my god, I love Carmen Sandiego. She was like my favorite. Yeah, sure she was. Carmen Sandiego was a criminal. Alright, we want to get that out of the way right now. Let me list off some of her criminal enterprises. Moving violations. She ran a scam in Scandinavia. She ransacked Pakistan. She stole the Mekong from the jungle. She stole their soul in South Korea, much like Katana from the Suicide Squad. Shut. And she I'm stole... i glad you explained because I didn't, I didn't get the reference. It's okay. And she stole the beans from Lima. Unbelievable. Where are their beans? Much like that old guy on Facebook, I'm thinking about those beans. Carmen Sandiego... You broke the rules, and now I have to report you. What afternoon on Twitter led you down this rabbit hole? It was actually a question on uh, trivia, and uh, turns out the Why name of the band, <laughs> the name of the band that did the theme song, was called Rockapella. Oh, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. How did that? How was that just out there for so long before somebody took it? I feel that's like good. that should yeah. be some like swing band from the twenties. Well, I think it's like the Highlander. You have to earn it. You know, they're cutting off people's heads and the last one's remaining. So Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, who are your jerks of the week? Uh, you know, Cheeto Man. Yeah, he earned it. Uh, the entire concept of capitalism. <laughs> I am so tired. <laughs> oh, wow, I've never heard this take before. Tell me more. I want to die. Please quit buying shit. I miss sleeping so much, people. Oh, Alex, uh, speaking of which, I saw this really great deal on Target. Yeah? Yeah, we could, like, buy it online and just ship it anywhere, you know? Yeah, That's what I'm going to do on my Christmas shopping, crazy. actually. If we do they it, only yeah. seem to have that at all these uh, all those special Targets. They're going to have to ship it to me from somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope uh, I hope the workers at the special Targets, you know, ready to <laughs> ship me all this stuff. I'm so tired. And if we do it now, then we can get ahead of all the Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. Additionally, a special friend of ours works at Target, so, you know, we're helping him out by helping out the business where he works. You gotta look out for the little guy. I love to keep my friends employed. You know, I support the essential workers by buying all the Baby Yoda merchandise. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) Just hobbling over to my desk through one bloodshot eye watching jujitsu has really (laughs) ruined my week. (laughs) Oh, this is what did it. Oh. It certainly didn't help. Well, Parker, there's dignity in work. Speaking of so, dignity... It sounds like Mr. S isn't working you hard enough if leisure time activities ruin your week. Yeah. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> this, turns out there's no Dragon Ball to get out of this shift. <laughs> not with that attitude. Does your boss not listen let, to the... Come on. Let me roll a dice here. Oh, I'm still coming at midnight. Sick. See you tomorrow. All right, Parker, we're going to need you to build a pyramid in the front of the store out of Pepsi boxes. <laughs> That's how Parker finally goes insane. He builds like a maze trap in there. <laughs> As someone who's not intimately familiar with the concept, I feel like I go to a bang-up job. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of dignity, uh, before we get into what we watched recently, I guess it would be our time to appease the Manticore. Uh, if you all remember, and who doesn't remember, the Manticore assigned us all to watch a good movie of our choice, and it's up to the Manticore to decide whether it was good or not. Uh, Correct. In order to appease the Manticore, I watched Watership Down. Have you guys heard of Watership Down? 
Was oh, that the one with the gay robots? No, it's mean, not. The... <laughs> yeah, it has rabbits in there. Yeah, it's a... not... look, I misspoke. You know what I meant. <laughs> the, the the rabbits are in the movie. It's animated. <laughs> there are no gay robots. <laughs> you kind of derailed me there. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're rabbits. It's a British animated movie, and it's it's pretty dark. I just ordered a poster of it. I think it's my favorite movie poster of all time. Uh, it's actually pretty good. I would recommend it to most people. Uh, young children, maybe not so much. It gets a little intense, but uh, I really like this movie. But Chris, cartoons are for kids. Well, cartoons could be for people of all ages. Oh, like Rick and Morty. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wouldn't right. know. I haven't watched Rabbit, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Uh, uh, God. Oh, wow. We got a lot of Dragon Balls kicking around. Oh, man. <laughs> a whole extra set just hanging out here. Great. All right. What did you guys watch to a piece of Manticore? Well, the reverse Manticore is very specific in their needs. So to appease the Rachel Dole is all Manticore. I want a movie with it that is both good and also good. So I watched Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai. <laughs> it is, in fact, both a good movie and a good movie. <laughs> so uh, I feel like I've dodged all loopholes here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it. It's like on one hand, yeah, it has Forrest Whitaker like, using a gun like a sword and killing a bunch of Italian stereotypes. But also it has a Criterion release, so uh, I think it counts as good. Well, yeah. Watership Down, Canard. also Criterion. We're all in a pair here. <laughs> uh, Alex, can you complete the Criterion trifecta? Of course I did. I watched a Criterion movie directed by the RZA called The Man with the Iron Fists. I... Man, that is a movie that I have gone, hey, I should watch this for like seven years now. <laughs> <laughs> it has never happened. Well, let what me break it down of... for you. Uh, so... In fact, I'm not even going to use my own words. I'm going to use the IMDb words. That's in Jungle Vision, in Jungle Village, the leader of the Lion Clan's Lions Clan's Gold Lion is summoned by the governor and assigned to protect his gold that will be transported through the village. But then that guy dies, and his son Johnny Tran has to meet up with the village blacksmith played by the Rizza, and also a British gold hunter named Jack Knife played by <laughs> Russell Crowe at a brothel to fight the invaders, led by. Dave Bautista playing a character named Brass Body. I should have watched this movie. Should have watched this. Look, it's a lot of wire foo and bad slow mo CGI blood, and you can tell that Eli Roth is involved in it because all of the female characters die. But like, <laughs> seeing Johnny Tran run around as a character named Zen Yi, aka the X Blade. It does a lot for me. God damn it. Okay, okay I think you win. Shit. All right. How does, does Russell Crowe does Russell Crowe have a knife that is also a gun that also spins around like a drill? You watch I'll the let Final you figure Fantasy it out. movie. <laughs> How have I avoided? I feel like if I had known Russell Crowe was in it, this would have moved up. You said that is what got me there because, like, you see it. It's like, all right, written and directed and starring the RZA, sure, and also Johnny Tran plays the X Blade. And Russell Crowe as Jack Knife? Okay. Alright. You just woke up Parker better than any energy drink. Oh my god, I feel reinvigorated. Look, I'm gonna be honest. I think uh, whoever wrote the Tom Cruise Mummy movie watched this as an inspiration for Russell Crowe's part. Because oh. Oh, it's just that no. character, but drunk the whole time. Yes! <laughs> it's so fucking cool. 
Oh, he probably only weighs like 240 in this movie. Lean and mean, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so how does the Manticore feel? Is he pleased or... I'd say he's pretty happy. That's good. All right. Well, he well, doesn't seem to be trying to eat our flesh and devour us, so I'm going to take that as a good sign. Yeah, I feel feel healthy actually. Okay. Uh, in that case, they made a sequel. Oh no. <laughs> oh, I, if we had more time, buddy. Yeah. Because I'll tell you who's back for it: the RZA, but not as director, and also literally no one else. Oh. Oh, these are a lot of names I don't recognize. No. Correct. That's not good. <laughs> All right, in that case, let's get into uh, what we watched recently. Parker, I watched Son of Frankenstein. Now, you told me that Son of Frankenstein was the obscenely long one. You said it was something like two and a half hours. Uh, Isn't it? It's long as shit, right? Turns out it's an hour 40. <laughs> so Yeah, it fucking feels like it, though. Because every other one's like 65 minutes and you're out. You look at that runtime, you're like... Well, surely there's a good reason for this. Yeah, okay, that's that's very <laughs> <Turns> fair. <laughs> Turns out, there's not. Look, I'm not going to be able to convince you that it's a good movie. If you f- if you said that it felt like it was two and a half hours and it was only a hundred minutes, then uh, there's not much I can say or do to convince oh you that it's God. good. But... Parker, buddy. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta let you know this. The Man with the Iron Fist 2 is directed by the director of Bear. What the f- Fuck. Okay, <laughs> damn it. All right. Might as well put it on the list. We're going to watch it eventually. This is the worst day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Son of Frankenstein. Um, I actually kind of like this one. Um, I think there's some really good performances. You, you always have Boris Karloff, but Bela Lugosi plays Igor. Uh, Basil Rathbone plays the son of Frankenstein. So it's not like Frankenstein's monster's son. That would be ridiculous. Instead, it's the son of the original scientist who goes over to, I don't know, Transylvania or something. And he's like, you know what? My dad had a, had the right idea all along. I'm going to use lightning to recreate this guy who used to be dead. And then, once you know what happens, Frankenstein goes around killing people. And then uh, all the village people have to burn him, and he dies... And I want to talk about the ending. Parker, do you remember the ending of this movie? No, I'll need a quick refresher here. Okay, so you know how you talked about uh, the movie Them with the giant killer ants, and we talk about the ending is the ending is the climax. What hath God right? An RKO production! This one is somehow funnier, because uh, they kill Frankenstein, then uh, Frankenstein's monster. Then the son of Frankenstein meets with all the village people, and they're like, oh, what's the deal? All right? All our village is dead because you revived the spots. He's like, well, I give you the key to this castle. I won't be here anymore, and you are right. Man should not have played God. And everyone smiles and cheers him, and he leaves with his wife and son on a train, and they just go off, and the happy music plays over the ending. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of miss movies just saying the theme out loud, and then the score swelling. It's so funny. It was. It clearly should not have just ended. Like there should have been something else. But I laughed really hard when that happened. <laughs> what a better time. Yeah, yeah. Clearly. I'm trying to think of more movies that could end that way. Yeah. Well, they don't. They don't do that anymore. So uh, they don't make them like they used to. That's what they say. So the next movie I watched was Event Horizon, which I had never. Oh, I had seen. I had seen this before. I saw this. I saw this, like, years and years ago, though, and it didn't scare me then, and it doesn't scare me now. Uh, It's just not a very scary movie. But I will say this, it's not that bad. 
Like, there are definitely some problems, and I wouldn't call this a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but this isn't, like, one of those worst movies of all time. I don't even have a lot of things where I can make fun of it. I don't think Event Horizon could even be, like, a future episode. Uh, as far as Paul W.S. Anderson goes, probably his best movie. Um, not exactly the highest bar <laughs> to clear there. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> but uh, I, w- I will say this, as far as, like, actual praise goes, incredible special effects for 1997. Like, some of those special effects still hold up today. Like I, like, I really felt like I was in the spaceship when they were going around it. That's the kind of movie where when I hear, hey, we're going to remake this. I'm like, alright. Because, like, it's almost there. It's You okay. can see it. You can see the good movie in there. And it just doesn't hit for me at all. Yeah, Event I know a Horizon lot works. of people seem to fucking love it, but I've, it's never hit with me. Event Horizon is not a good movie, and that's why it ought to be remade. The idea is there. There's something in place that they can work with. Uh, it definitely feels like this is the inspiration for Doom 3, uh, which, you know, you can take that as a positive or a negative. As far as the performances go, I've already forgot them, so... Uh, Sam Neill's in it, and then also, there's a crew. Yeah, which uh, is one them. of the most ludicrous parts of the movie, where they start introducing the crew by their names... And you don't remember their names, because they never say their names again, and they never give them a personality. They just give them different ways to be killed. Um, Also, there's like, oh, it's scary, she has no eyes, look, her eyes got torn out, oh, it's scary, her eyes, and it's not really very scary. Reading that literally anything that would have made all the freaky stuff interesting got cut out, it's a real bummer. Yeah. And also that footage is just unusable now. So you just get this, oh my god, it's so horrifying, uh, they're probably fucking and there's some blood. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's scary, Mr. Nineties movie man. You got me. Well that's the thing. <laughs> People keep talking about, oh, we're never gonna get the true Paul W. S. Anderson cut of Event Horizon. Look, it's not exactly the magnificent Ambersons, okay? We're not exactly missing out on the the Library of Alexandria film here. Guys, I've it's gotten... done. The studio just won't release it. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten the pure Paul W. S. Anderson cut. Many times in my life, <laughs> oh, I'm <yeah>. fine. <laughs> well, the other thing is that there are no airships in this movie, so coward. But that was on the cutting room floor. America just wasn't ready for an airship. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why, like half the uh, Final Fantasy series was only released in Japan. <laughs> the Clinton era just wasn't ready for airships. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the next movie I watched was the original Fright Night, uh, directed by Tom Holland. And uh, Parker, Tom Holland, one of your favorite directors, also did The Langoliers. Um, we can all safely agree that Fright Night is a good-ass movie, right? How's that I've, theme song treating you? I've only seen the remake, so... Oh, really? You've only seen the remake? Yeah, I I've didn't only... know it was a remake until, you know, <laughs> after. That's fair. I've seen bits and pieces of the remake about... 45 times because when I was working at the theater we were showing it and I did a theater check so I've mostly pieced together the entire movie but I don't really count as having watched it Uh, it is good though I I do like the bits and pieces I saw of the remake Uh, the original Fright Night I would say Alex definitely worth your time possibly a future episode Chris Sarandon in this movie is giving one hell of a performance I can't get over how there are two ostensibly straight males who are lusting over, of all people, Amanda Burse, who is Marcy Darcy from Married with Children. <laughs> like, 
she's just so desirable that the living dead will go through any means necessary to claim her as his queen. Speaking of desirability, if we could talk about the ending really quick here. Uh, Barker, did you read the trivia about the novelization of this movie? Uh, I, I read the word novel and I black out, so no. <laughs> so this movie, this movie was adapted to a novel. People used to do that because people used to read. And uh, at the end of the movie, Amanda Burst gets turned into a vampire. And when you're watching the movie, you're just like, oh, she uh, <clears throat> developed. And uh, he kills her and then she reverts back to her normal self. And then they make out while watching uh, Vincent Price movies or something like that. I don't know, I wasn't paying attention. In the novelization, she keeps her vampire boobs, so <laughs> the main character's really happy about it. <laughs> I that thought that was really memory. funny. <laughs> lingering memory is just her on the bed like, alright, come on, let's do this. And he's just like, shut shut the fuck up, he's introducing another shitty horror movie. No, that's not... And he goes not... back to looking out the <laughs> Wait, window. No, no, that's that's what it was. Yeah, so she's she doesn't want to have sex yet because he's a guy and she's Amanda Burse. And uh, she's like, okay, fine, I guess I'll do it because you're oh so handsome. This guy kind of looks like the side character from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And she lays in the bed, she has this like granny bra on, and she says in the perfect Amanda Burst voice, I'm ready. And he is staring out his his neighbor's window with binoculars, just staring at them carrying a coffin. <laughs> He has probably been banging at this door for months, and she's finally like, alright, you know, the getting's good. He's like, yeah, it's great. Uh, my neighbor might be a monster, so I'm just gonna hang here. <laughs> and we love a king. Yeah, it is honestly so much fun to watch. And which is weird, because she keeps giving him multiple chances throughout. Uh, you know, I make fun of the director, Tom Holland, because the Langoliers really sucked. But... This movie is actually a really good idea, and it's executed really, really well. Especially the the climax of the movie works so well. Uh, we all love our favorite character, Evil Ed, who is uh, he's just doing that throughout the entire movie, isn't he? <laughs> sure is doing a lot of it. He's yeah, that's the whole time. <laughs> Every single time I he was on screen, I was like, "What is that thing?" He calls his friend. <laughs> A lot. Everyone just He's keeps calling him so evil. Much. <laughs> uh, That'd be so fucking bad. Now, an idea that I discussed with Parker off mic is, what if instead of Peter Vincent, or they originally wanted, I guess, Vincent Price, what if they had Elvira on this? I think that would have been a great idea. That's that's what your remake should be. It should be Elvira. You know, she's only 69. Nice. You could totally get her nice. in, like, a third Hold remake. On. It's like, it's right there. It's a possibility. She's aged really well, so... Let her rest, please. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Not take any more of these sweaty people. Yeah. Hey, what if we did another throwback from the '80s horrors? Like, no, no, thank you. I would uh, not like uh, that anymore, please. Uh, well, <clears throat> I cannot take any more physically. Uh, well, uh, awkward you say that because the next movie I watched was The House of the Devil, which is a throwback to early '80s, late '70s horror. Uh, it's actually really good. It's actually one of the. There's <laughs> just between a throwback and. Hey, do you guys remember this person? What if she was here and teaching a whole generation about frights and chills and oh, such? Well, okay. the good news is Chris says she's in good shape, so maybe she can be in Ready Player Two. Oh my god, that's... Oh no! <laughs> you see what you wrought? You see what you've done to us all? <laughs> I feel so bad that I said that. Oh shit, that's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so... <laughs> Same, buddy. <laughs> 
The House of the Devil, um, directed by Ty West. Um, also has Tom Noonan in it and uh, Greta Thunberg. Um, it's it's actually really good. It's uh, one of the better movies that I watched this week. The basic idea is there's this girl. She's she's very lonely. She's kind of isolated. And she takes a job as a babysitter to pay off some money because she's getting uh, you know a new house. She's got to pay for it. She's in college. And she gets to the house. Tom Noonan, all six foot a hundred of Tom Noonan, answers the door. She stares up at his kneecaps. And uh, he's like, oh, it turns out you're actually taking care of my elderly mom. And she's like, I don't know. He's like, I'll pay you like $500 for one night just to do it. You got to take a deal. I love big, beautiful deals. So she does it. And it uh, turns out it's actually the house of the devil. So it's a little awkward for her. Uh, don't you hate when that happens? Yeah, right. Um, so the basic uh, conceit of the movie is that it's sort of filmed in, like I mentioned, a late 70s, early 80s aesthetic. And it works so well. Like, instead of dollying in on a character, they will zoom in. And you don't see that sort of thing anymore. There's a sort of graininess to the movie that feels real. It feels natural. It feels authentic. The acting looks the way that it ought to. The hair looks the way that it ought to. I really like and people talk the way that they would in these movies. They, like, one of my favorite scenes is just... Greta Thunberg and the main character in a pizza parlor, just eating pizza with like <laughs> yeah, some nice cheese on there, buddy. Yeah, there's cheese on the pizza. What's yeah? Why does it have to be Greta Thunberg? <laughs> Sorry. Why? Why does she have to be there, Alex? <laughs> Why is she a traitor for her own? Kind? It's it's because of her elite <laughs> ping pong skills. <laughs> What a fucking cursed place that is, dude. <laughs> it's so <laughs> awful. So, which reminds me, they ordered a pepperoni pizza, um, which they never finish. It's almost like they were ordering the pepperoni pizza as a cover for something else. Really makes you think, dude. Yeah. So, uh... They didn't even look hungry. I want to... Why they, <laughs> they come here every day? It's so weird. Uh, but I, I do like it. Parker, what are your thoughts on House of the Devil? I like it a lot. I know a lot of sweaty hoarders hate it because, God forbid, a movie's like, oh my god, it's about a haunted place, but like we just deal with characters instead of having doors slam for 90 minutes. I yeah. like it a lot. A lot of people it have very, criticized it. It really takes it. its time. Yeah, well, okay, a lot of people have criticized it for being really slow. It, that's so deliberate, though. You, when you're watching, you're just like, oh, I have seen a movie before. I know what they're doing. Like, I know it, it's not even satire or parody. It's, they're just, they're trying to do something. They're trying to emulate the films of that era. And it works perfectly. That's exactly what they're trying to do. I'm, I'm in favor of it. As far as, uh, you know, there's some idiot review on Netflix, not on Netflix, on Letterboxd that said, this movie's not scary or something like that. It was like the most liked review. It was like, this movie's not scary, you know, or something Guess what? It's a horror movie. Most horror movies are not scary. I wish people Correct. would start to realize that. You're not 10 anymore. You're not going to watch a movie and be like, oh my god, I can't even sleep anymore. No, what? you're 30. It's yeah. different now. What's worse? This movie's not scary guy, or I saw the twist coming guy? Uh, this movie's not scary guy because I saw the twist coming guy as my dad. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. For you. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh... Final note about this is I did have an issue with the ending. I thought the ending was kind of... It's not so much that I saw it coming, it's just that I have seen this before. It's the Rosemary's Baby ending. And 
I don't need another one of those. You know what would have been great? Uh, not to spoil it or anything for anyone who wants to watch it, and I do recommend this. Parker, what if they cut the movie right before the hospital scene? I think yeah, it seems that would very be, added on. Yeah, Unnecessary. I, I would have killed it right there, roll credits after like a minute of silence, and would have been perfect. I would have been like, shit, that was actually pretty good. A bit of an abrupt ending, sure, but... Once you get to the hospital, I'm like, uh, 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 kind of. Imagine Dad be like, "Son, it says House of the Devil right in the title. I don't know why you're surprised by all these goings on in there." No, clearly it's not a normal babysitting. I, I, no, dog. actually, I'm going to tell you this much: my dad has, is like preternatural when it comes to guessing twists, and he'll just yell them out, and he'll be right a hundred percent of the time. It's a lot of preternatural people that pizza place too. <laughs> <laughs> Like Tucker Carlson. Anyway, um... <laughs> That's what it takes to wake me up. Jokes about fucking kids. <laughs> I'm ready to go Yeah, you out. and John Podesta. I guess I'll put that as the cold open of the podcast. Uh, haven't had my pizza yet. I guess I'll just give you my password. <sighs> I gotta get my electrolytes up. Gotta get my adrenochrome going. <laughs> gotta get right. my Gatorade recovery in there. Okay. It's fine. I watched, I watched Mank at the uh, Alamo Draft House. Uh, the drive-in that they have. One Night Only, Mank, starring Gary Oldman, directed by David Fincher, and it's about Herman J. Mankiewicz. How tall is he in this? He's he's normal height. <laughs> Damn. Uh, he's normal height in this one, so which means he's standing on his feet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, look at that range he has. He can do both. <laughs> Have you guys even heard of Mank? I feel like I'm talking to the wrong people about this movie. <laughs> Who is Herman J. Mankiewicz, Chris? I... Okay, I will tell you. He is uh, one of the co-writers for the screenplay of Citizen Kane. What Citizen Isn't Kane? Isn't he that detective with OCD? <laughs> <laughs> we really? had to get it out of the way now, dude. Come on. It really sucks <laughs> how he keeps being brought back to life only to be turned into fur coats. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, we're not making it through this one. Alright, well. <laughs> it's the next movie, movie I watched <laughs> makes one of the most critically acclaimed, <laughs> most like anticipated movies of the year. I have nothing to say about I'll take it. Take your word for it. <laughs> I, I just love all the press that's come out that David Fincher is just this obsessive, complete, absolute monster to watch movies with. But also his favorite video game is Madden. What a fucking legend. He's I, so cool. I like how every single interview that comes out is like, oh, David Fincher's the only director who's ever cared about detail. <laughs> yeah. All of his meticulous movies that all look like shit. Hey. I love David Fincher, but my god. Turn on a fucking light bulb somewhere, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I, you've never seen Gone Girl, have you? Uh, not after listening to this podcast, I haven't. I think I bought it on Black Friday like five years ago, and every time y'all bring it up, I hear so much fervor in your voice. Don't worry. Uh, uh, it'll be well, in the future. Uh, we'll see how our community teams did this week. Yeah, exactly. So, not well, that's my <laughs> guess. Okay, well, since I have nothing substantive to about make after all that. Buddy, buddy, critically acclaimed in this podcast do not go together. That's a good point. That's yeah, some real oil and water shit going on, man. So it's a black and white... Oh, he fell asleep. Yeah. yeah just like that, okay. <laughs> okay, in that case, I'll get to the one movie that actually does have something where I can talk about it. Uh, 
Especially with Parker, who already knows I watched this one. I watched the original Pet Cemetery from 1989. <laughs> oh, oh no. guys, set aside the next 15 minutes to talk about that. <laughs> fucking sucks so bad. So this is the thing. So I put it on, and uh, I've actually read the, the source novel. Parker, have you read the novel? Not yet. Asking. I'll get to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good one, dude. Uh, <laughs> I actually like the novel. The novel is one of my favorite works by Stephen King. I actually think it's the scariest book he's ever written. And Stephen King agrees with me. He said it's the only book he's ever written that actually scared him. So keep that in mind for when you're watching this movie. <laughs> so movie begins. Uh, this doctor, who we see do doctor work once, uh, moves to Maine. Why? So he uh, moves into this new house, he's got a wife, and uh, two kids who are really stupid, and uh, they live on a really busy highway. Oh no, I wonder if that's going to foreshadow something. And across the road lives Fred Gwynn. Fred Gwynn played Herman Munster in The Munsters, and he was also the judge in My Cousin Vinny, so actual talented actor that we're working with here. Uh, now, Parker, you've mentioned on a couple of occasions that when you see a movie with someone with a particular voice or a distinctive voice that you'll walk around your house doing that voice. That's exactly what I did with Fred Gwynn in this movie. You, you can't not. Chris, <laughs> the second you hear it. Chris, did you also do that with Money Python last week? In my oh, dishes, American I voice. No, I did not. <laughs> oh, so Fred Gwynn is uh, in this movie. Now come here, Parker. Now you you go up to that little counter right over there. I'll give you thirty five cents. You order me a pepperoni pizza, and uh, bring it back on over here. And the man at the counter, he'll understand what I'm talking about. This is a good uh, detective Benoit balls. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's like. Hey, Fred, do a main accent. <laughs> he just does that, and they're like, I see, All right. I see. <laughs> sure. Is there such a thing as a main I'll accent? I'll say, I'll say, yep, that famous Northeast accent of yours. <laughs> oh, don't worry, we got rednecks up in New England, I'll tell you that much. Anyway, uh, so one of his cats gets, uh, does his cat get killed by the, yeah, cat gets killed by uh, traffic or something like that, and they have to bury it, and he's like, well, you know, uh, we actually have a pet cemetery out back where, you know, you bury your dead pets. And uh, the guy, the protagonist, who was almost Bruce Campbell, again, way, I wouldn't say better, way different movie if we have him. Uh, it's just like, oh, that's kind of creepy that it's in our backyard. And Franklin's like, oh, yes, it's a mighty bit uh, unsettling, but you're also going on and on about this way. No, I'm going to bury your cat with you. And he's like, okay, fine, I got nothing else to do. And uh, I like Bruce Campbell a lot. The idea of him carrying the emotional weight of watching his tiny baby boy get hit by a truck is not working out in my head. Oh, it's working That's out just in not my head. It would be very funny. So, anyway, they bury his cat on top of a mountain that uh, the Indians, I'm not going to use the word that uh, Fred Gwynn uses, uh, says, if you bury your cat here, then, uh, well, good things will happen for his daughter who really likes the cat. <laughs> Does he call them the football team? No. <laughs> Uh, I want to say this about the Navajo the... code talkers. <laughs> anyway, they bury the cat. The cat comes back from the dead, and um, the cat's kind of fucked up. 
And uh, the guy goes over and is like, okay, Fred, what are we doing here? Okay, like, the cat came back from the dead. We know the cat was dead. Like, what, what's going on here? It's like, well, the ancient... I can use that word. Indians uh, said that if it came back from, you know, if you bury it over here, then uh, the spirits in the ground will bring it back from the dead. And uh, I just thought your daughter shouldn't have to go through death. It should never experience it. It should never have to learn what it's like to lose someone. And speaking of somebody who's uh, lost someone very close to him, it's, it's something that everyone has to go through at some point. You have to understand that death is a part of life. It's That's important. And it's just like, nope, you could always have what you want, but it comes at a price. Again, the cat's kind of fucked up. Now, here's the thing. This is like the first half of the movie that I'm talking about. The first half of the movie is basically fine. Like, I don't know, maybe that's a bit of a hot take. But it's like, you're watching, you're like, that's hey, really not a whole lot of problems. At first, I, I didn't have anything to say. Parker, I think I told you, I fell asleep for about eight hours watching it. And the thought of turning yes. it back on, I was so tired just thinking about it. Because, it, like, you think about the movie, and he's he's the one that tells him, like, hey, there's this magic graveyard up here, and it brings things back. And then 40 minutes later, he's like, yeah, we tried that. It went real fucked up. It's like, hey, thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks for absolutely nothing. So I turn it back on. I'm like, okay, let's see if I can stay awake for another... How much is left in the movie? Oh, 45 minutes? Okay, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Plus, press play. His son gets killed by a trucker. And that's when the movie really shifts into high gear. Uh, this movie goes completely bananas. Uh, the acting is extremely over the top. The situations are extremely over the top. Uh, the camera work is extremely over the top. Like, I, I went into this movie thinking, like, I'm not even going to mention this. This might be a future episode just based on the second half of this movie. I was laughing so hard. Buddy. And then... No, the real feature episode <laughs> is the sequel. Yeah, Parker Then Parker tells me about the sequel, which is... A nightmare. Now, Parker, you <laughs> mentioned that at one point there is a villain in Pet Cemetery 2 <laughs> yes. who is a zombified the... Clancy Brown. It is something to behold. I need to see this. This might be next week's episode. I don't know. Um, he is a fucking, like, a nightmare person when he's alive, and then they put him <laughs> in the cursed ground. <laughs> it's not great. Why would they want to bring him back from the dead? <laughs> well, you'll find out. The one last thing that I want to mention here is the ending of this movie. It, I don't even think this is necessarily a spoiler, but um, I guess it is. Well, if you, if you don't want the ending of Pet Cemetery spoiled, then fast forward a few seconds. Uh, his wife gets killed. I don't remember how. It's not important. And uh, he puts her in the pet cemetery. The idea is, if you're freshly dead, young Frankenstein reference, then uh, you'll come back and you won't be quite as evil and murderous. In the book, it is so much scarier when she comes back because it's so much more ominous. You don't know quite what's going to happen. Then you close the book, like the, the covers, and you're just like, holy shit, that is so scary, I can't go to bed. In this, like, you see her, and it's not scary anymore, and she picks up a knife, and you know what she's going to do. I'm like, oh, well, that's the ending of the movie. Thanks for nothing. Oh, the thing that I thought would happen happened. Ah! Exactly. You got me. It's so much scarier if you're not quite sure, and you have to figure it out in your mind. And It's weird. Okay, so here's, like, the weirdest thing about Pet Cemetery 1. Stephen King is entirely at fault because he wrote the screenplay, he insisted it be filmed in Maine, and he insisted that he be on set at all times to force them to adhere to his screenplay. Well, there's this a first time entirely. for everything. 
It's, well, I mean, in this case, like, the effect is that the movie feels more like Creepshow than any of his other movies, and it shouldn't in this case. Because I love Creepshow, but Pet Cemetery is not a Creepshow type of movie. You're supposed to take this at least somewhat seriously. There's, like, family involved here, much like Star Wars. So, <laughs> I just had to <laughs> twist the knife there, huh? The entire movie's about, like, grief and, like, the links you'll go. And it's like, alright, let's get these two pieces of fucking drywall as the leads. Great. Oh, right, yeah. So who needs I don't emotion know. in a story like that? I do not know who their male lead was. Apparently the female lead was one of the ladies from Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, other Alex knew who that was, and I did not. Just started so. sweating intensely. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, one more thing before I uh, hand off. In case it seems like I don't keep my promises, I'm sorry. I finally finished Neo Yokio. Uh? Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Uh, I did not watch Pink Christmas yet. I'm saving it towards uh, Christmas season because uh, turns out there's quite a bit of a dearth in Christmas movies. It's like, I'd rather watch that than Elf. So, uh, Neo Yokio is confirmed good, uh, and everyone on the internet who dislikes it, please suck my dick. There's no flaw in this, as far as I'm concerned, except that it needs more than six episodes. Maybe two more, because like the fact that it, it doesn't stay around for that long is sort of the charm of it. Uh, I don't know what I like my, uh, what I like most about the show, perhaps. I, I think it's still... Well, if it isn't KazCon, the Midnight Blue Dawn... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but also the music that they, they have, like, that uh, the, the final episode, they're, they're racing cars, and they're playing classical music as they're doing it. <laughs> it's, it's so, so funny. <laughs> the Caprese uh, martini was really funny. <laughs> and uh, just a brief, bring it back a segment here, when keeping it woke goes wrong. People on the internet got mad that it was, like, anti-trans or something because one guy, he got turned into a girl when he jumped into an infinity pool. <laughs> the magic infinity pool being a crucial plot point is extremely good. People people got mad about that. People got mad that he's like, I don't identify as a female. I was turned into a woman against my will. People were like, yeah, that's anti-trans. The internet is so cool. Chris, back to Pet Cemetery for one hot second. <laughs> Let me take you back to the remake from last year. Oh, yeah, the one I didn't so, watch. So, you know how, like, the biggest issue was the lead? Yeah. What if I told you that in the remake, the lead is the drunk husband from Serenity? No, I knew that. I knew that because when I saw the uh, I saw the trailer. Who was I watching the trailer with? It could have been watching the trailer with anyone. It could have been Alex or Michelle or Rebecca. <laughs> Sorry, Chad moment there. But when as soon as I saw the really ugly guy from Serenity, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it is just on its own merits. You can't take it seriously because I can't stop thinking about just a dead kid asking if you're going to catch a big fish. <laughs> <laughs> but also, when I watched that, did I tell you the big difference that they did in that movie? No, it's a big it, difference. Now that you've seen the original. What's the big difference? Spoilers for this remake that we all forgot about. They switch which of the kids dies, oh. and that undermines the entire movie. Yeah, because the whole point is like this kid can like barely walk. Like this kid did literally nothing wrong, and now it's just this is a spooky ghost daughter. You all like those? You like those spooky kid movies? Well, you like that? Well, in the uh, in the original one, the daughter uh, who's slightly older than like the toddler, uh, she uh, she's psychic. 
and the director said that she wasn't sure that she was able to get across the idea that the girl was psychic. Look, lady, you emphasize like six times that the girl has preternatural <laughs> vision, so she's shopping a, a comic ping pong pizza. Okay, we get that joke out of here. Uh, but no. like, yeah, it was pretty obvious. I, I'd like to think. Also, I want to talk about the church scene. Church, by the way, I was also, about to say that just reminded me of the, the cutaway funeral, to the funeral fight. That that right there, was, I just wrote down future episode. It was the only note that I wrote down for that that the episode. First time, like. Uh, you know, my parents don't like you that much. And then just having a drag-out brawl and knocking the kid's cast. I laughed so hard at the scene after, when they're in the airport, where, where the father apologizes, like, hey, sorry, I got kind of out of... I got kind of out of pocket there. Like, <laughs> you don't shake his hand after that. You don't even acknowledge the man's existence. You might want to kill him. But, uh, Not yeah, well, uh, we all go a little mad sometimes. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, Psycho, 1960, check it out. Oh. What a movie. Yeah, that's uh <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Pet Cemetery 2. I am down for that as a future episode. Uh as far as Neo Yokio goes, uh better than every single anime I've ever seen. So, Alex, what did you watch? Well, couple couple notes here. One on Pet Cemetery and one on Neo Yokio. I'll go Neo Yokio first. Right. Uh Chris's friend who thinks Neo Yokio was bad, go fuck yourself. I'll make sure um, he gets that message. And for my <laughs> for the note on uh on on Pet Cemetery, um, I know that I've heard Stephen King talk like several times in my life, yet anytime anyone talks about him on set doing anything, all I can hear is the Steven Spielberg impression that Matt and Trey do. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that makes that entire conversation about Stephen King barking orders in the set of some shitty eighties horror movie that much more prescient. So No, no, do it shittier. <laughs> I've never understood how that's one of the ones like, oh that's one of the really good ones. I Incorrect. Which is weird because, like, yeah, also, I don't want to bring this one up again. Fucking Pet Cemetery got, like, again, it's letterbox reviews. Take that for what it's worth. Everyone's saying, yeah, it's such a classic. Remember, uh, the, the sick sister or something like that? Yeah, I remember her, the one who had no connection whatsoever to the rest of the story. What are we fucking doing here? So I, get, I get it. You were, it was the 80s. You were like, nine years old and the sister scared you like i get it it's very unsettling looking but also the movie sucks ass yeah well yeah also the movie is really bad but like this this is certainly not one of his better movies uh is it as good as cujo i don't even think it's as good as that i know which one i'd rather watch (laughs) one of them has a little kid slicing his achilles and the other has two people sitting in a car (laughs) <laughs> that little monster kid just crawling around and stabbing people's real funny. Yeah, oh, Pet Cemetery. Well, okay, well, a little bit of background on Pet Cemetery. The, the thing about it is that when Stephen King initially wrote it, he was just like, eh, and he shelved it aside, and his wife, Tabitha, uh, came across as just like, you know what, you should really publish this because we need money and stuff. You only really carry and get these a little bit more. He's like, eh, fine, I'll publish it. And it ended up being another big hit because he's Stephen King. And he's like, oh, yeah, I liked it the whole time. Now, if you make the movie, it's got to be my way, she. And, uh, great. <laughs> Stephen King Books sucks are the same so as much. movies. <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah, I wrote the book, RM We on Set. Hey, you know, movies are different, right? <laughs> no. Like, I right, understand. My jerks I... of the week. <laughs> <laughs> my jerks of the week in order are Chris's friend, and then Stephen King, and then Cheeto Man. Jeez, that's yeah, kind of bogarting <laughs> jerks of the week here. Anyway, like, I understand. 
I understand that in Hollywood, the first person who gets fucked over is the writer. I totally get it, and I totally get, like, wanting to adhere to your words. But, dude, your script sucks. It totally sucks. And he's like, well, okay, then all the blame is on me. Yeah, all the blame is on you, Steven. Now you have the full frontal force of the Real Deal No Sex Spill podcast nipping at your heels. <laughs> Alex. Hey, why does my character keep seeing this dead guy? We see he works at a hospital. Nope, sorry. Oh, that's not, the, it's not <laughs> in the movie. Okay, can, it, can we talk about the dead guy who keeps popping up with like his brain hanging out and everything like that? Stephen King watched, uh, what was it, American Werewolf in London? And he was just like, oh, I'm right there I'm doing my movie too. And he, there, there you go. <laughs> well, I'm glad we have a movie to talk about this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, guys, I want you to picture this. You're sitting at home one day, you get a news report, you find out that. A massive comet that is faster than the speed of light is a hurtling towards Earth that's actually comprised of countless micro-comets. Now, the news says everything's gonna be okay. And why would you not trust the news? I mean, the good people of the news would never lie to us. You go on with your life, you go to the store to get stuff for your kid's birthday party, you get an alert on your phone that says, This is a presidential alert. You and your family have been selected by relocation or selected for relocation, return home immediately and grab them and proceed to this Air Force base. Oh shit, what do I do about that? So Gerard Butler rushes home to get his wife Marina Bacharin and his diabetic kid to take them to the airport to avoid the micro-comets that are going to hit the Earth. Fuck, is that out already? It sure is! <laughs> What's the name How of this movie? movie? How did we fuck this, this up? This movie is called Greenland. It came out this week. <laughs> And the we get place that Donald Trump like it, wanted to annex. Like he gets home, like <laughs> God damn it, Cheeto Man at it again. Yeah, bump him up to so, number two on the jerk movie. So he gets home for his kid's birthday party, and the the comet's supposed to impact off the coast of Bermuda. So all the news crews are there. They're they've got their cameras on it, and they're like, "Oh man, you know, let's see what's gonna happen." He's like, "Yeah, I got this weird alert. I don't know what to do with it because." <laughs> <laughs> Gerard Butler's allowed to use his real voice in this one. And let me tell you, he fucking sounds like Shrek. It took me like 20 minutes of this movie to go, where have I heard this before? Oh, it's... Oh, he's the Green Ogre. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> the news cameras are there like, yep, any second this is gonna hit. Any second this is gonna hit. Any sec... Oh, it appears that it has hit Florida. So, uh... <laughs> We get a disaster movie where uh, Gerard Butler has to get his family to the the military base. They get there. His kid gets rejected from the plane for being diabetic. They get split up. <laughs> they uh, <laughs> they decide that they're going to meet up at uh, um, Marina Bacharin's dad, Scott Glenn's house, in the middle of rural Tennessee. Because why not? Um, so... The, the wife and kid go off in their own way. The kid gets kidnapped by Roy from the office because they think he can get him <laughs> into some secret military base because he's got the special wristband. Don't worry about it. Gerard Butler hitches a ride on a truck to Canada with some rednecks. Uh, you guys know how there's, like, you're watching a movie where there's rednecks and you get the scene where one of the redneck guys is like, so where are you from? And, you know, it's like shit's about to go down. Now imagine that happening to Gerard Butler for being aggressively Scottish. 
<laughs> the fact that these fucking dudes in a truck start a fucking brawl while the truck's going down the highway on the back of a moving vehicle because Gerard Butler's not from here. I didn't know. Imagine trying to square up Gerard Butler. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but every single time you mention Gerard Butler, I keep thinking that he's the same size as Russell Crowe in Unhinged. Same. <laughs> Don't say you're out here often, and he just rips you in half. You know, he's he just rolls there. over you. <laughs> now look, let me be clear for all the listeners. This movie fucking sucks. Like, it's a disaster movie, so it's got all the disaster beats that you've seen before, and a couple of them are executed pretty well. But also, like, this kid in this movie has, like, severe uh, kid-from-last-action-hero vibes, where, like, he only exists to, like either fuck up somebody's plans in the plot by saying something that, you know, a seven-year-old is too stupid to not say, or to give, like, prescient bits of wisdom for no fucking reason, and then go, oh, my insulin's running out. Like, it's (laughs) so fucking bad. (laughs) But also, like, the last plane to the only place on Earth that's not going to be destroyed by the asteroid is, like, they drive all the way to Canada to get there and the plane's leaving, so Gerard Butler parks his truck on the runway and refuses to move it unless they let him on. Which is super <laughs> fucking cool. The whole movie is oh, just God, like, take- it's like all these people <laughs> that are like, yeah, we didn't get selected, this really sucks, you guys got selected, and, you know, some of them, like, hate them for it. Like, Roy from The Office kidnapping their fucking kid. But, uh, in the end, they get there anyway, because only the privileged get to survive. The whole Hell yeah. yeah, the whole fucking thing. It's like they go to the military base and uh Miranda Bakarin's going full Karen about them not letting her diabetic kid on the plane because people with illnesses aren't allowed to get on. And he's like and she's just like, Yeah, well I'm sure if you were your family it would be different. The lady's like, Yeah, my la- my family didn't get selected. I'm just here to help and then we're all gonna die. It's like, Oh, oh cool, it's one of these movies. But it's okay because it all works out for the rich white people. I feel like it's kind of tasteless to let them die and then to go bury his son in the pet cemetery. <laughs> Sometimes death is better. Just Sorry, like, what? Yeah, we can't take you in the shelter because we don't have the, you know, the incense supply to support you. So Gerard Butler runs back to the car to get a few needles. And then the end of the movie is nine months later, them emerging from the bunker and his kid is perfectly fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> it sucks. Came back better. But also, it. it's real good. <laughs> alright Parker what'd you watch this week god I wish we watched that <laughs> I just all I've been able to hear in my head all day is micro comets <laughs> the fucking news report at the beginning is like yeah this uh this comet comes from a place in the universe that's so far away that's not even observable like, like <laughs> okay so the comet's faster than light speed got it <laughs> you gotta lead with that like yeah there's micro comets you buy that? I, yeah, it's like if it's like what if you went to the doctor and he told you, "Oh, your micro bones are broken." Impossible. So one last thing Find on this movie, doctor. we don't get the scene where comets are just falling on people trapped on the highway till like minute ninety. Oh, but also it's so good. That's like minute five if it was made in the nineties. I mean, this movie like. So I watched. Uh, I watched Jiu-Jitsu in this back-to-back. And Jiu-Jitsu is a movie where I needed more plot and less bad action. And Greenland was a movie where I needed more bad action and less plot. And, like, if you could strike the balance, there's two good movies there. If you just, like, put them together and split it up. But, man. Okay, Greenland and Jiu-Jitsu. What if 2020 Gerard Butler was in (laughs) Jiu-Jitsu? 
Every six years, Jar Butler comes to that portal to save his diabetic son. <laughs> you have to fight him off. Okay. Let's see here. So, uh, I didn't watch any of my assignments this week other than the Manticore one, just because I'm trying self-care for once. <laughs> it's mostly a case of, like, oh, well, we're both working overnight, so, like, it's not going to be like, all right, we got home at 7 in the morning. Do you want to watch 13 hours? No. Didn't think so. <laughs> but don't worry. It's... You, look at me. I'm going to watch 13 hours. Like, don't even I, worry. I'm not concerned. So it's all trash this week. This is all disposable. I'm not even conscious while it's playing. Which is why I'm starting with Highlander 3. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Let me tell you guys a thing here. So, uh, completely skips Highlander 2. They're no longer aliens. Shocker. He's He's just Scottish again. And it's just a remake of the first movie. But instead of our good friend Ramirez, it's an old Asian guy. And instead of Clancy Brown, it's Mario Van Peebles. <laughs> who enters this movie in full Shogun gear, just doing a Goldar voice from Power Rangers. <laughs> Who's that? Which one is Goldar? Is he like the Pink Ranger? Yes. Okay. Let me summarize this movie best I can. You know how the first movie had too much Queen? And, like, every big yeah. scene was punctuated by a Queen song? Yeah. The climactic final sword fight between the two Highlanders is the instrumental version of Dr. Feelgood. <laughs> <laughs> That's my review of the <laughs> I feel like, with that context, you understand exactly what I watched for 90 minutes. It is not good, as it turns, <laughs> as it out. turns out. But I'm just looking at my desktop like, that's a real movie, that's a real movie. I've been wanting to watch it. Say! <laughs> I can put that on. Let's see. Oh. So I watched 1995's Fear, starring Mark Wahlberg yes. as a little, little baby. It is... I miss these super shitty fucking... It's almost an erotic thriller where Mark Wahlberg just comes into this woman's life. I'm sorry, not a woman. She's like... I think she's a high schooler. It just starts moving in on their family and making everyone extremely uncomfortable the entire time. There's multiple scenes of him making out with her while just staring at the dad and just giving him daggers. It's... There are two Bush songs in this movie. Let what me let me just bury the lead there. <laughs> there was a moment where they're talking in the dad's architect office, because it's a 90s movie, so architects are like the coolest job in the world, and they have a huge mansion. And he's got one of those giant six-foot-tall CD racks, and I was just staring, feeling such a sense of longing a movie has never made me feel before, just for such a specific time and place in the world where anyone would own that many CDs... I miss it with all my heart. It just takes me back to better days where I could just go to Blockbuster and rent Mark Wahlberg's Fear and not <laughs> work Black Friday. <laughs> this movie has the most useless protagonist I've ever seen in my life. The entire finale of this movie, because by the way, Mark Wahlberg and his gang just decide like, well, this woman's my soulmate and her dad doesn't like me. We're just going to have to fucking kill our dad so him and his friends just roll up and it turns into a home invasion movie. Because they basically just somehow live in the house from The Purge where everything <laughs> can lock down in 1995 somehow. 
It's like the whole last act is like, it's an hour of this being this thriller. Like, oh man, I don't trust this guy. He has a dark past. He's got secrets. What's he not telling us? Is oh my god, he got her friend hooked on drugs, and it just turns into him and all of his fucking '90s friends banging down the walls trying to break in and kill the family. And the entire time, she's just huddled in the corner screaming while her dad just keeps getting the shit beat out of him. <laughs> it's, it's not great, I'll be honest with you. And it's a solid, like, 20-25 minutes of just this back and forth. They keep breaking in, they try and fight him off. They get outside, a cop shows up, the cop gets shot. And it, all this happens, and they just throw Mark Wahlberg out the window. And they look at him like the end of Halloween, they're like, Oh, thank God that's over. And then the credits roll. <laughs> and it's really fucking weird. And this thing that this director was like two years removed from doing Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, really did a lot for my brain. Jesus. Wow. Very similar films that one could have seen. It's uh, not good, but I there was no way that I was going to go any longer without watching this movie. I think it was streaming on something. And that was the deal breaker. I wanted to watch Boogie Nights. I was like, oh, fuck, that's like two and a half hours. Oh, yeah, that movie's Mark Wahlberg in. <laughs> yeah, uh, Boogie Nights is not the movie I wanted to start at 6.30 in the morning. So I watched Fear. Because my brain sucks. Mark Wahlberg's Fear. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Much like Bram Stoker's Dracula, it's Mark <laughs> Wahlberg's Fear. Bill Paxton. Now, I... <laughs> Russell Mulcahy's pyramid movie, and also <laughs> <laughs> Russell Mulcahy. It's on site. I'm over it. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, <clears throat> God, sorry. So I watched Ghost Dog, and I was talking to a friend about it because he'd seen it a couple times. And there's a character in that movie. He's an ice cream man. He's like this French dude, only speaks French. And uh, at one point, he's like, oh, yeah, the Ice Cream Man. Hey, did you ever see that fucking 90s Clint Howard movie where he's the killer Ice Cream Man? What? And oh, I fuck. fucking punched the wall because I was like, God, I. <laughs> you know when you just know, like, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to fucking hate it. But now that I know this exists, I have to do yeah. it. Yeah. That was my afternoon. <laughs> like, there's no world in which. The direct-to-video movie Ice Cream Man, starring Clint Howard, is a good movie. And yet, it was in my brain, and there was no way it was ever going to leave it. So I did what I had to do. Man. It's fucking... 90s direct-to-video horror is a fucking nightmare. And yet, if you ask me which one I'd watch again, this or Pet Cemetery. Like, Pet Cemetery, like, that ending is really funny. But also, like, Clint Howard cuts the guy's head off and puts it on a giant ice cream cone. <laughs> which I'm 100% sure, like, they had that prop. And I'm like, alright, now write the movie. <laughs> Just start backwards. You've got the ice cream cone, you've got a head. Make a picture out of it. It is not good. He was lobotomizing in an asylum, and now he just looks like Clint Howard. And he just... Looking like that, talking to kids for 80 minutes, don't care for it, don't need it. <laughs> it's very upsetting. Uh, no one should ever watch it. Uh, anyone who's ever seen it, watch it because they rented it from Blockbuster as a kid. It's not good. I'm sure if you ask Clint Howard about it, he'll tell you to go fuck yourself. There's no reason anyone should ever see it. Thank you again, my good friend, for putting that parasite in my brain that made me watch it. Um, The last thing... 
I had never seen The Frighteners, and that's a movie that I've, for about two years now, been like, I should watch that. And then I see, oh, it's a horror comedy. I think I'm going to pass. But I finally watched it, and it was surprisingly good. Uh, so, I don't really give a shit about Michael J. Fox, because as we know on the show, Back to the Future could just eat my whole balls. Yep. But he's very good in this. Well, that's good. <clears throat> Let me pull up the plot here, because I'm absolutely fucking blanking on the name here, like an idiot. Turns out, uh, when you just wake up ten minutes before we start and forget to look over your notes. That's an oopsie daisy. <laughs> Fucking, there it is. I could not think of the name Peter Jackson for the fucking life of me. He did the Frighteners? So yeah, pretty sure this was his first big American movie. Good for him. Yeah, it's all... Oh my god, wait. I'm sorry, Heavenly Creatures, whatever the fuck that is. And then he did this and went, Wow, I like that movie you made with the ghosts fighting other ghosts. Would you like to make all of the Lord of the Rings? Which is a real power move that I respect. Yeah. But I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, because you've got Jeffrey Combs just being Jeffrey Combs. Just They probably just gave him, like, hey, do something quirky with this, and just decided to be a complete fucking weirdo. I'm sure none of that was scripted. Um, very smart move to make. Okay, so who's the bad guy in this movie with Ghost? A serial killer. All right, who should we get to play him? Jake Busey. <laughs> got him. Every flashback is... It's exactly what you want. Hell yes, dude. He channels the perfect... Jake Busey energy. How else can I say? There is so much Jake Busey energy available in this world. And not enough has truly been harnessed, and I feel like that's a mistake on all of our parts. I think that's accurate. I really like just the gimmick of this idea of this guy who can actually communicate with the dead for real, and he just uses it to go and con people. Like, he'll just show up and be like, oh, wow, I'm sensing a lot of spirits. And then his ghost friends will go just start shaking drawers and shit. He's like, oh, fuck, do you see that? Oh, God, they're talking to you. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, we have to stop them. It's a really good grift. And then he has to fight the ghost of Jake Busey. So what I'm saying is, like, it's a strong recommend. Big shout out that this was supposed to be a Tales from the Crypt movie. And they're like, oh, it's actually really good. You should just release it. Because <laughs> after Bordello of Blood, that's the correct call. It's oh, like, yeah. nah, maybe just don't use that brand anymore. Just make the thing. I think it's through on like HBO, I think. Uh, yeah, like, I've... I think we know how horror comedies usually go. There's like a dozen good ones and the rest are very aware that they're supposed to be funny. And that you know they're supposed to be funny. And once you know, hey guys, we know this is all a little silly and it just makes me want to die. Yeah, that's, that's definitely I'm very happy fair. this is an exception. It's, it's a really tough line to walk. There, there are a few that'll actually work, but for the most part, you're not going to get what you're looking for. It's almost always diminishing returns. And... For some reason, I feel like I thought this was PG-13 or something, because when I just see Michael J. Fox in a horror comedy, I'm like, well, surely this is, like, the fucking Monster Squad, like, whatever. Oh, no, it's R. There's a lot going on there. It's very enjoyable. Not, it's no dead alive, but, you know. Uh, what is? What can you do? <laughs> and, uh, the rest I watch is even more disposable than that, so let's go and spend 15 minutes on jujitsu now. <laughs> okay, um... Yum, yum. Okay, now let's talk about jujitsu. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm talking about. I respect yeah, it. It's, yeah, it's we we know what we're doing here. Um, I mean, I called off uh, work today for a reason. So, 
We start with some guy. Because he loved jujitsu so yeah. much. We start with some guy running in a forest from shurikens being thrown by an unseen assailant, and then he jumps off the cliff into the waters below. Uh, which is, that's the way that I like my movies to begin. I don't know about you guys. Look, I'm really glad that I watch back-to-back Comet movies. <laughs> Look, let's just ask the question now. Was Scott Atkins busy? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Who the wait, fuck you're is this guy? You're telling me that wasn't Scott Atkins? Buddy, <laughs> first. How dare you? Scott Atkins was just too busy making the Albanian boat terrorist movie. Parker could be oh, blind yeah. and deaf, and he would know whether Scott Atkins was in this movie. <laughs> uh, this is, like, without even looking at his IMDb, this has the most powerful, like, Hi, I'm a career stuntman. They let me star in a movie. <laughs> yeah, they gave him about 16 minutes. I guarantee you I'm right. I guarantee this guy's done nothing but stunt exactly. work. Exactly. Like, well, I'm, w- I'm with you on the why isn't Scott Atkins in this, but also, like, did every WWE guy also turn this down? Honestly, I can't believe this isn't a WWE well, studio. This is just fair, like a movie that should be starring The Miz. Like, to be hey, to be fair, The Edge was in uh, Money Plane, so he was probably busy when this was being filmed. God, from YouTube. <laughs> no, the movie Think with the bear the fighting and uh, <laughs> which is also coming oh, soon. Oh, it better be. <laughs> yeah, uh, Skip. You know I am. So here's the thing: like, you ever notice that when a movie is has too low of a budget to actually show its antagonist that that's when you know it's really cheap <laughs> do i ever <laughs> that's why both- clint howard in a fucking white suit it's your antagonist <laughs> let me tell you about it uh but like for a while i thought like maybe this movie might actually have some interesting camera work and for a while it does uh the first scene when the army fishes this nameless guy out of the river, there's really co- no, it's not even the army fishes. It's like that uh, that Burmese woman and her husband who has no lines. They fish him out of the river, and there's quite the color scheme going on. There's got like that orange and blue thing going on that like most movies today will have that color palette because it's like scientifically proven to be a soothing color palette. So. My one thing that I would say about this movie is, if you're watching Jujitsu, it's really easy on the eyes. Disagree. I mean, <laughs> as long as you don't look into the alien's face and go like, "Is that a fucking gorilla?" <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Uh, I just—it's not often that you watch a direct-to-video action movie and go, "Hey, this camera's doing way too much. <laughs> Maybe scale it back a bit." <laughs> so that's because th- after the 18th time, they're like, "All right, we're gonna go POV and start shaking." <laughs> oh, like, no, well. th- no, thank you. Just film I'm, the guy punching. On, I'll, I'll get to- I feel like Tony Jaw can pull off a knee strike. It's fine. <laughs> we'll get to that. But uh, first of all, so they're in Burma, a place that's so desolate that even Jerk of the Week, Sa- Carbon San Diego, wouldn't steal from there. And, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, even Jerk of the Week, Cheeto Man, wouldn't steal their oil. <laughs> he wouldn't do that either. So uh, the army is there. And I say the army with capital T and capital A. And the leader of the army, I think, is just Lindsey Graham. <laughs> He's just there, and he's like, "Now, nah, now, nah, we can just get him out of here." Guess it's the fisherman and his wife bring this guy out on a cart to present him to the army. I guess it's tribute, and uh, the army is just like, "Okay, uh, who or what is this guy that you're giving to us, and how much rice do you want for him?" 
and they bring out a black guy who's been taking Burmese for dummies so he can communicate with them. And he's the only, I guess, intentional comedy throughout the movie. That's uh, so rough. <laughs> this, uh... <laughs> Why are you writing so many extra steps just to deliver information in your movie? Yeah. Alright, uh, it's like, it's clearly like some post-apocalypse thing. It's like, alright, yes, it's all here, and then these guys don't speak this language. So you need this guy to interpret because no one else speaks. It's like, this is a movie about an alien that travels to Earth to fight people. When they just have them speak English, it's fine. When they fucking jump cut from this guy going, "I have no idea what you're saying," to, to, to just fucking Johnny Tran staring intently at them and going like, "Oh, he's also in this military unit," and no one asked him. Well, yeah, man. Actually, like, I had a question here, real serious question. Why is the army in Burma? <laughs> what, are, what are they doing there? Chris, why is our army anywhere? Like, okay, yeah, fair, but like, Folks, what are they... We don't like to get political on here. <laughs> I just... But every six years... <laughs> as, I don't understand as, what they're looking for. As an addendum to that, the fucking scene where they're interrogating him, <laughs> and the lady asks him, what are you doing in Burma? And he says, isn't it called Myanmar? is a joke for me and three other people that understand geopolitics. <laughs> well, because Burma so... is what the white people called it. <laughs> to be fair, that is what, uh, it's also a joke for her because she said, ha ha, very funny. I was like, I don't get it. So, uh... <laughs> if you get that joke, then you're probably a fucking nerd like I am. Yeah, well, fair, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> she does say that she's in army intelligence, and I believe her because her uniform has a little patch that says army intelligence officer that is the only distinguishing feature on her uniform or anyone else's <laughs> also why is the army in this movie oh because we get we get all of these people at this base and then we leave the base like all right cool here's your main characters <laughs> wait a second why did I spend 20 minutes with a guy from my name is earl and all these people who don't speak english well wait <laughs> my name is earl okay so <laughs> the what, what is the uh, reason that this stuff keeps happening? At, at one point, I wrote down that this guy, who does have a name that's re later revealed to be Jake. Uh, Why <laughs> well, they kept that one close to the vest? Uh, Alex, do you think his last name was Knife? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we probably got Alex to do that. for Johnny Tranfrey. Yeah, anyway, sure is. <laughs> at one point, the, uh, Jake does a somersault kick to someone who's behind him. You never even seen Forrest Law do that, okay? So, don't tell me about, oh, shitty fight scenes. Scene. That was badass. The smooth... The fucking... Can we talk about the reason that all of this is happening now? Like, the plot of this movie? You Wait, hold up. Can we can we wait a little bit before we get there? Sure. I want to I wanna save that for our reveal of our friend. Were. Okay, anyway, uh, okay. she's like, okay, so he broke out of his chair and started assaulting army rangers who did not shoot him for some reason, and she's interrogating him again, and, uh, you know, she says, okay, I've got a different approach here. Okay, everyone out, she says to exactly one person, and then she says to him, who are you really working for? It's been established. This guy, <laughs> this guy has really been established <laughs> as having severe amnesia. This gets brought up constantly throughout the movie, and no one seems to understand it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but maybe he's just a really good operative, and he's faking it. <laughs> he's a triple agent. 
<laughs> so anyway, he, I think, no, he doesn't say this. It's the fisherman's wife who says, every six years, Alex, if you would like, the six years temple and the guy. This is fucking Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> every, every six years, a fierce warrior will emerge from a Buddhist temple and he will jujitsu everyone into smithereens. Uh, and the only one who can stop him is Jake. So, uh, <laughs> so Jake is the one saver of humanity. And then the army rangers who are standing guard, guard against what? Burmese mountain goats? Uh, they start getting their asses handed to him by our good friend of the podcast, Tony Ja. Tony Ja is just... And that dude's career fell off a yeah. fucking... Oh, yeah. This dude went from three Ongbox and triple threat to jujitsu. So no one's uh, matter about Paul Walker dying, including Paul Walker. <laughs> now, I, now, I'm going to say this. Uh, one of the things I actually really liked about this movie was when Tony Jaa gets introduced because it's all like one long take and he's beating these people up. That's actually really, really tough to do. This probably took a lot of takes, really good stunt work, really good fight choreography, really good camera work. This is really, really good. I totally support this. Uh, it's it's just impressive all the way around. And then he saves our boy Jake. I really deadass thought that he was like the warrior from the temple who was going to kill everyone. That would have been a really good movie. Everyone has to defeat Tony Jaa, the guy from the Ongbok movies. Oh, hell yeah. I'll bring a friend. <laughs> that would that would make sense yeah. Yeah. to have the guy who's been in all out, of these movies. No, he's a good guy. So then we get the... As far as I understand, no one else in this movie has done cartwheels off of an elephant. Before. Yeah, so... He is, he is second greatest fighter in all Burma. <laughs> so... Now, after all that really great fight choreography from Tony Jaa, experienced fighter, which, again, the fight choreography reminds me of, like, uh, Jackie Chan movies, where it's all one take, and you, you know, a lot of practice goes into it, and it looks like they're actually fighting, and you know they're not hiding stuff with quick cuts. Then it goes to a POV first-person uh, shot. Which, uh, <laughs> it sure does. This, um, uh, Who asked for the I... hardcore Henry Kung Fu movie? Because, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Now, speaking as a teacher who used to have to give out bad grades on tests, um, this was an interesting approach. Chris, uh, weren't they kindergartners? <laughs> yes, to kindergartners. <laughs> Were you flunking five-year-olds? Yes, the five-year-olds. That This was actually part of this. <laughs> Trying to learn another language. Like, ooh, oh, man, sorry. Should have uh, should have made you, that right in the pyramid if you wanted to you pass would be, English. I, seriously, this was not the most pleasant part of my job in telling him, yo, I'm sorry, Emily fucking sucks Should have turned left on conjunction junction, dickhead. The sentence is a mess. I'm, Get out Emily, of here. Emily, you are nowhere near as good as Judah. <laughs> to the temple you go. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, like that POV shot happens, I'm like, well, that's a weird thing to throw in there. Surely that's the last time. Because <laughs> that doesn't work at all. It doesn't, because like Oops. one of the things that we talk about with fight choreography and why American movies are so terrible at fight choreography is because of the quick cutting. You don't know for sure that they're actually punching it, and the human eye can detect fakery very, very well. That's why Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee movies and Tony Jaa and Iko Uwais movies are so impressive, because you know they're actually doing this, and you know there was a ton of work that went into it. Parker, you know, it's a lot like practical effects. You know, if you know that they're actually breaking something that someone built, it's like, oh, there's added meaning here. But if you're just going to quick cut away, it's, it's like using quick saves in a video game. It's not really that impressive. Uh, See, that's why I like then, wrestling. 
And then... The artistry. And then, to just hide it all with fucking first-person, hardcore Henry-style fights, like, he's you just see an arm coming out from behind the camera, and some guy goes, from behind. It's like, I'm not playing Doom here. Come on. Yeah. That with the overdub, like, oh, we gotta get out of here! Ima- imagine, right, imagine being a cameraman who is also an elite martial artist like this That's- guy. Actually, what if Scott Atkins <laughs> didn't appear in the movie, but he was the camera operator, and you guys didn't read the credits? Look, as much as we're talking shit about this gimmick, if there was a movie where Scott Atkins wore a GoPro, I could not be there faster. <laughs> you would open theaters just to see that. Oh my god, I would risk. I would risk it all. <laughs> okay, so uh, then, for some reason, the camera... I. I don't actually know what they're trying to do. I don't actually think they were trying to do that this is the perspective of uh, not Scott Atkins. Sorry, Jake. Uh, I think the idea is that he's just behind the camera when he's punching these people because at one point, this is all like one long take, the camera sort of falls down like it does in fucking one cut of the dead. And you can see them both. And then at one point, Jake gets behind the camera again. It's like, what the fuck are we doing? I thought there was a third person for a second because they're both in exactly. frame. Exactly, I didn't understand. <laughs> it's so inconsistent. You that up? Well, no, to be fair, this is the part where I realized that uh, if you could compare Jake to any fighter in cinematic history, it would have to be Steven Seagal because there's so many times where he <laughs> he gets kicked in the back like full force and has no reaction whatsoever. <laughs> It's the funniest <laughs> thing. He's like, he just, someone kicks him like, whack! And he just turns around, who threw that piece of paper at me? <laughs> just doing arm flips on Alien for nine. <laughs> he does at least two arm flips after I wrote down the note that he's like Steven Seagal. <laughs> someone should bring that move back. You just stand in one place, have him run at you, and just do the... Whoop. The only difference is that he's not squinting his eyes throughout the movie, so... Yeah. How do you know Chris is in first person? <laughs> <laughs> We're squinting with it, Jake. So anyway... Start seeing, Jake. So anyway... <laughs> shut up. <laughs> this is for you. So Jake... Famous. Jake, our good friend, who's played by an actor that exists escapes from the army compound in Burma with his good friend Tony Ja and comes across his his band of merry men (laughs) what the fuck they just emerge from the wheat fields like ah brother you're back from your mission (laughs) hello we're the actual stars of the movie we're at minute 25 here's the part where this is gonna maybe shock you guys I kind of started loving the movie right at this point. This reminds me of, like, those sci-fi original channel movies that I would watch with my dad on, like, the summer or something like that. Where it's like, eh, what are you going to put on? Oh, look, here's a real movie, here's a real movie, here's a real movie, here's a real movie. Sci-fi original bullshit. Thank you so much, Dad. Hey, Chris, uh, Dracula 2 is almost over. Up next, there's something called Jiu-Jitsu? We watch <laughs> exactly. <it. laughs> this, this is a thousand percent. This might be a Christmas gift for my dad. All right? This is. And oh, here I, I thought that, that all sci-fi original movies had pyramids in them. I mean, we don't know where that is. Well, the director's cut of this movie. They're all over the world, <laughs> as you've told me threateningly numerous times. So when times. I say I love this, I guess it's a bit of a nostalgia in here. It has the same sort of feel as that sort of made-for-TV movie I'd watch with my dad. 
as this Final Fantasy band of merry men <laughs> meets up with our boy and representative of the slideshow. Frank Grillo. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, so they get ambushed by, was it the army, I guess? The army starts fighting them for some reason. Who can tell? Yeah, at this point, I, I did stop to, I said to stop realizing exactly what was going on. Uh, Alex, you mentioned earlier that this movie needs a lot more plot. And so I totally agree. Plot. <laughs> I, like, as much as I love the reveal of why this movie is happening, like, give me at least five more minutes of that. <laughs> like, There's definitely a moment where, like, can you please just, like, sit around and talk about this or something? I'm so lost. <laughs> please, I can't take any more first person. Just sit at a coffee table. Let's hash this out. It's... Because yeah. why, why is the army there? Why are they there? I don't need a good reason. Just give me a now, reason. To be fair, when they're fighting in the middle of the road, uh, when the army just pulls up for no reason. Again, why the fuck is the army there? Are they looking for Carmen Sandiego? Jerk of the week. Like, those are well-shot fight scenes. Like, it's all one take, and you look like... It really does look like they're really fighting. I, I believe it. I'm like, okay, I'm having a good time. Maybe I enjoyed Triple Threat more than everyone else. <clears throat> So, <laughs> Jesus Christ! You tell him. <laughs> um, then, of all people to show up, sorry. Then, of all people to Are show up, okay? the, the guy in the crisis camouflage suit shows up, and he just starts. I don't know. Does he shoot them or just beat the shit out of them? Yes. Oh, all of the above. Uh, yeah, that guy just fucking sh- Do you guys ever play Crisis? I, I, I just remember memes about looking at the water. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah. it's all about the water. Well, in Crisis... I feel like there's nothing to that Crisis game. Crisis came out in what, 2001 or something? I don't know. And it had like really, 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 really good graphics. And it was like 06 or something. I, I probably still can't run it. Uh, but apparently, like, the idea was you could use, like, your super spacesuit to, like, camouflage you with your surroundings. Anyway, that's the exact same technology that the villain uses in this movie. So, uh, that's why we're... Hey, that. you guys ever see Predator? Or, or that, so... Yeah. That's also a movie that we did, isn't it? <laughs> so, did, so did they. So, uh... <laughs> As it turns out. Anyway, for some... I don't... This alien that can turn invisible comes now, to Earth to hunt us. This might surprise cool. you guys, but I kind of lost track of what the movie was trying to do. So, for some reason, they go into the jungle, and all of a sudden, shurikens start flying everywhere. <laughs> I get the feeling that, like, some of this was filmed. They were like, we're not releasing this movie. That It's not going to be an hour 45. You fucking take all that talking, you get it out of there. What are we doing? It's called jujitsu. Just fucking, oh, uh, and then a uh, hundred years ago, nope, <laughs> cutting room four. Get it out of there. I mean, that's the thing about, like, the CGI shurikens and how you can tell that this was made for, like, a TV release and or, I guess, uh, direct-to-streaming and not for a theater release, is no one seems really all that concerned about the shurikens, except for the black guy. Um, <laughs> he was the only one who hit his mark on that uh, shot. What did you say hitting his mark? look at the trees. Uh, I think uh, his direction for this movie was, hey, can you do black guy things? Come on, just say black guy things. <laughs> no, not funny black guy things. We, we've got we got one of those over there. You just do, like, serious black yeah. guy. So... Uh, <laughs> He's the only one who's just like, oh, God, shit, is fucked. And everyone else is like, we need to move up to point B, you know? 
<laughs> anyway, um, Johnny Tran. <laughs> He'll be Chris Tucker. You do serious black guy. <laughs> you talking a deep voice about the operatives. You do Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, anyway, Johnny Tran <laughs> kills, uh, kills, quotation marks, the villain with, uh, a big fucking machine gun. And the, the black guy is really happy about it. He says, and I wrote these words down here, you're going to be famous. You got bitches bigger than Bigfoot. Uh, actually. I appreciate, <laughs> appreciate you trying to reach out to us. However... <laughs> Anyway, the uh, our good friend, the antagonist, who I don't think has a name, uh, re- revitalizes himself. I guess he responds. Again, like in Crisis, see the connection here? Cry engine. He has a name, but it was really yeah, fucking whatever. stupid. I didn't write it down. Uh, he, he gets revived. And it's, it has real sci-fi channel He comes energy. after them. It's like he, Brax or something. I'm pretty that sounds sure. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm pretty sure at one point he kills Johnny Tran. <laughs> I think. Are you okay? I think okay, Johnny Tran Indiana. dies. I don't. I don't remember who dies uh, when in this movie. Uh, I, well, that's the thing. Is I thought he killed Johnny Tran, but Johnny Tran comes back. You know. No one's ever really gone. Crazy. That's the thing. Is this movie so fucking incomprehensible? I so, can't believe they're fighting a force projection the entire time. No wonder yeah. he's so unkillable. <laughs> So Johnny Tran, I, I know because he comes back at one point and he has like the gun. He's like, "I have a license to kill you, with no expiration." Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, "Dude, I thought you were dead." So like, why are you taking out on this random white guy? Like, yeah, you've seen the alien. Exactly. What are we? What does are we the army time intelligence officer who was interrogating him get fucking killed? Because I think she does. Doesn't matter. Anyway, so they're all running away, and then Jake. Falls in a hole in the woods, and he stumbles upon the ancient hobbit wizard, Nicolas Cage, out to (laughs) save this movie. Look, when those credits started, and I see, and Nicolas Cage, it's a real feeling. I'm Uh like, oh fuck, did we get tricked? Right, yeah. yeah. I should have done some research. So, like, a little thing here, and people probably already know this. Like, if you clicked on this episode, you probably already know. But the impetus for watching this movie in the first place is, you read the press release that says, dude... Nicholas Cage is going to be in a movie where he uses martial arts to defeat aliens uh, from a comet every six years, and it's called Jiu-Jitsu. Also, Tony Jaa is in it. You immediately know you're going to be in for it, but you're expecting Nicholas Cage, and also Tony Jaa's in it or something. And when you see the, the cursed and Nicholas Cage, you're like, oh no, he's going to be in here for five seconds, get his head chopped off, and then we're never going to see him again. They flew him and John Voight. Oh no! Him all the way to Cyprus to just be like, "All right, man, just ad lib your lines." Here's the premise. You know some stuff. He was thrilled to get to use that sword. I am so happy to talk about Nicolas Cage's outfits in this movie. Uh, So Nicolas Cage, the underground Hobbit wizard, has like the same sort of sword fight that Jack Sparrow has with uh, Legolas, the first uh, (laughs) Pirates of the Caribbean movie. I assume he brought his entire costume for I'm going to tell you this. He is dressed like one of the Lego pieces in one of the ancient China sets. Right. (laughs) This movie has, uh, you know, this the scene has like extra meaning. When you realize uh, the so-called twist at the end 
Uh, when I say it has extra meaning, I think it has somehow less meaning. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, movie. <laughs> yeah. so we'll get to it, we'll get stupid. to it, we'll get to it. Um, oh, man. I want to talk about the scene also because uh, at one point Nicolas Cage puts a newspaper hat, like a tricorder hat, on his head. And he calls it his hobby. That's fun. <laughs> he likes character quirks, this guy. This dude likes playing piano, making newspaper hats, and making little gingerbread houses during the holidays. You know, really just make the character yours, Nick. Really do what and you want. Nick Cage Bring- fucking tells her, like, you're here to stop an alien who's coming to defeat you with jujitsu. To which Jake responds, jujitsu, which has the exact same <laughs> energy as magma. What's that? <laughs> I'm a big fan of he uses jujitsu, so you're gonna need a sword. Like, hang on, at one, I'm no martial arts expert. At one, at one point, Nick Cage calls him the chosen jujitsu. I thought that was the fighting like stance or something. Not you like are the, the chosen karate. <laughs> All right, whatever you say, dickhead. So no, that he, he forgot a word on the end. Oh, uh, we already said cut. So. His contract says you get an afternoon, so you just roll with that line. You are the jujitsu. Well, for his afternoon, at one point he makes a costume change because the Final Fantasy band just gets rolling along the road to (laughs) the next village or something. And Cage is just tagging along, and he starts dressing like Dennis Hopper in Apocalypse Now. (laughs) Bring it all down. (laughs) Just chopping it everything. You're gonna find a man. You're just an errand boy for his grocery list, man. Like three impressions at once there. So uh at one point uh they're like, okay, so what's the plan? Everyone looks at Jake, he's just like, I don't even know my own name. And the slideshow girl, she looks at him and was like, You don't remember the plan? Like, the fucking guy doesn't know his own name. <laughs> We've had 45 minutes to talk about his amnesia. Like, oh, don't worry, he'll remember. And then they get out there like, what do you mean you don't know the plan? Like, no one has asked him about the plan. Why would they assume he knows this? Why are they letting Nick Cage take them into the woods to fight the alien? Also, look, this isn't a very nice thing to say, but I have to say it. How come their band of merry men has a fat guy? <laughs> like, it's, it's a fucking... the greatest warriors question. on Earth handpicked to fight the alien. And also, this guy's here in case the alien plays hockey this time. <laughs> Shut up. It's, it's the fat guy from fucking Shazam. Why is he in this movie? Well, you know. Don't, don't, don't do this, okay? You gotta, you gotta eat. Wait, Shaq was in this? <laughs> That's so Parker, I, I'm about as tired version. as you are right now. <laughs> 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 sworn. Sinbad was in the group, dude. dude. We watched different versions. So, anyway, at some point, they they use a tent item to restore their health around the campfire and a phoenix down to revive Johnny Tran or something. I don't know. And Nicolas Cage has an odd suggestion. Perhaps we kill the bad guy who wants to kill you and all your friends and also all of humanity. He, he drops it like there is one other way. We could kill him. Like, was that not on the table previously? <laughs> like, I get it. He's really badass. He's probably really hard to kill. But you have the army in Burma. Well, well, you see, Chris, you can't fight him two-on-one because that's dishonorable. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. 
But he can turn invisible. <laughs> can we? Can we? Is it time to talk about the lore now? Yes, please tell me about the lore. <laughs> okay, so this alien is so bored from galactic conquest and having nobody who's worthy of fighting that he travels through this Buddhist temple to Burma to teach humanity jujitsu, so that every six years when he comes back, he gets a nice sporting fight with some humans before he leaves. And all they have to do is just lose gracefully. And the entire reason that this is a problem is because our main character, who can't remember anything, ran away from the alien, question mark? The stakes truly could not be lower in this movie. <laughs> it's like, hey, just show up and roll with them. It's like an exhibition battle. Like, yeah, just roll, you know, uh, just tap out, you're good. Like, we're done. <laughs> then he leaves for six years. It's astonishing that this movie exists in this format because, I, I mean, I start wondering about the past. It's like, oh, every six years prior, did he kill somebody? In, like, fucking cryogenic, like, super armor? Was he around when the Transformers were around in the time of Merlin? <laughs> so, like, it, it's not, <laughs> not even just that. It's like, when, when fucking, when it's revealed that the previous champion was Nick Cage, he's like, yeah, I got out of it by pretending to be crazy. He's like, that's not a sporting kill. And he left. It's like, okay, so you could just do that? Like, like you well, don't even okay. have to go in there and die for humanity. You could just go in and be like, don't hit me. I'll hit me. And then he leaves. <laughs> oh, I'm a lady. You wouldn't hit a lady, would you? <laughs> you just fucking leave for six years. <laughs> All right, well, when you put it that way, I guess. Uh, oh, my God. Can you imagine the alien Sylvester Stallone was in this movie? <laughs> uh, excuse me, ma'am. Do you know where the... Oh, no. <laughs> he just unloads a clip in his face. I, I'm looking for the jujitsu war of... <laughs> <laughs> I've chosen to believe that he's just a complete shit-ass loser on his planet, so he just shows up here like, Oh yes, it's me, the other world champion, here to fight your best. But in reality, he just gets to dog shit me out of him at home. This is the only chance he ever I gets mean, to win. I mean, let's be real. The Predator it's not supported by the shit movie, out but of this guy. Predator will let's rip his spine honest, out like so Most quickly. humans would kick the shit out of this guy. I, I kind of <laughs> just realized that now, but like the, the people that he's fighting in this movie... Not that great at fighting. Like, the best they they have to offer is Tony Jaw. Okay, he's up there, but, like, fucking Iko Uwe's... Scott Atkins, I think, would beat this guy in a fight. Like, one-on-one. Just, like, come on. Look, it, if this fucking loser couldn't heal himself, it's a wrap. I, that's also... There's all which also brings me back to the thing I forgot about, which is all of them having their own separate Ninja Turtles. Which <laughs> cool. really that's, did a lot for that's me. That's a good thing. That's a compliment to the movie. I liked it. So Popped real hard yes. for that. It's good, actually. The amount so, of times that I looked at Tony Jaw, I was like, wait, is that PVC? <laughs> you know, wait, wait, let's get back to, like, the weapons for a quick second. Not, like, a, like a gender sort of thing, but I've never seen a woman use nunchucks in a movie until this movie. Why is she using nunchucks in a movie where they have to fight an alien? <laughs> well, she's good with a nunchuck. It's cool. Why don't they all have swords, is my question. Well, Nick Cage has a sword, so... What are you going to do with your Donatello bow staff? It can just, like, form shuriken out of the anyway, air. Anyway, they all fight the alien, they all lose and stuff like stick. that. Who cares? I wasn't really paying attention. Then they find some underground bunker where Alexander's secret stash was probably located or something. Dude, when they fucking drop the line, he's saving you for last because he knows you're the best fighter. It's a great it's honor. It's honorable. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's so fucking cool. 
<laughs> I fucking had such a good time with this movie. It's so I don't know about stupid, you guys, dude. but like as someone who's watched a lot of shitty directed video movies this week, you could do a whole lot. There's a, there are many different Mandela effect universes where this movie is substantially that's worse. That's true. That's true. There, there are a hundred versions of this movie where they're sitting in that cave talking for an hour and ten this minutes, is, and then they go fight I'm the make alien. A comparison that's probably, I think you'll see where I'm going with this. I think about this movie a lot of the way that I think of Crawl. Crawl is a movie that if it's on TV, I'm going to put it on. I'm probably not going to turn away from it. Same thing that goes with this movie. Okay, like this movie is actually pretty decent. Uh, in the sense that I'm gonna watch this not hungover I don't get hangovers but like if I've had like six or seven hundred beers or something like that like oh shit Henry get in there and you know <laughs> we'll put on the fucking jujitsu we'll watch Nicolas Cage and Tony John they punch people uh, yeah, like it's definitely grading on a curve but if I'm watching this on Sci-Fi Channel I'm pretty pleased with my I think it's fair to grade on the curve it's it's like teaching five year olds in kindergarten it's called <laughs> Jiu-jitsu yeah. about an alien that does not, in fact, do jujitsu. I, I don't expect uh, Korean five-year-olds to know three-syllable English words. It's fine. That's exactly what. Yeah, I'm we're also thirty-year-old people who co-host. What with I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is, this movie was made by a five-year-old who doesn't speak the English language. So, getting back to the fact that no one seems to remember that Jake has amnesia, I'm like. Who is the amnesiac in this movie? Is it just everyone? <laughs> Jake, what's the plan? Like, uh, I don't remember how to is is Jake. I don't know if I'm left-handed or right-handed. What are we doing here? <laughs> uh, Slideshow Girl says to him, Do you really not know who Nicolas Cage is? He's like, what? And she says, he's your father. <laughs> <That's so weird. laughs> is that after yeah. he dies? <laughs> is it after he dies? After he gets murked by the alien, it's revealed. I thought that it was he's like right before the dad all along. Yeah, he didn't want you to know. Then there's a flashback. <laughs> like, did anybody even his... tell Nick Cage that he had amnesia, or did he just roll with it? Like, oh, it appears my son does I not don't... know who I am. All I right. don't know that they even gave him like a uh. script. They're just like, let's just see what he does here. They sort of like wrote around him, you know. I uh. genuinely think they just let Nick Cage cook. They told him the premise. They're like, all right, just say exactly. some wise people shit. Who cares? Then they're just like, okay, yeah, alien. I feel like in the similar shoes. Cool. I would write do... it down. I would do the same no, no, thing. So, I have to admit... Nick Cage probably showed up like, you don't have to write me a script, just, do I get to use the sword on an alien? And they said yes. He was like, cool, I'll be there in two weeks. One of my favorite things that I, 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 I love about this movie more than anything else, specifically for us, is they cut to a flashback of uh, Nicolas Cage, like, training his son in the ancient art of killing people. Uh, in Burma, I suppose. And... All I can think about is the father from uh, the accountant training his sons in Indonesia. Yes, but see, the whole thing. <laughs> see, take him to Burma to learn how to fight. Because <laughs> did you like the image of me sitting out with chicken nuggets and blowing on my yes. fingers? Because I did that for Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, man. So, like, uh, one of the things that I, I really fucking loved about this is... He says, oh, yeah, you and uh, Nicolas Cage are uh, father and son. I'm glad I watched this all in one sitting, somehow, because if you think back to the first time that Nicolas Cage and his son, Jake, met, there is no familiar bond whatsoever. There is no way that these people have ever met. 
And he's like, oh, actually, I'm your father. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> he's like, oh, my son's always doing bits. I guess he's pretending he has amnesia now. Okay. <laughs> well, let me teach you how to fight again. You really got coked so on the noggin. Are, <laughs> are you a eunuch? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, wish I hadn't had to make that reference. So the bad guy gets incinerated and the movie ends. Correct. They fucking open a hole in him and stick a grenade inside and then kick him through the portal. And then go, well, I guess see what happens in six years. (laughs) That's the closing line. All right, well, maybe that works. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Hey, viewer at home, do you want to see us again in six years? Let us know. No. Yeah. Once I can answer that for you right now. <laughs> <sighs> Let's move on to the game of games. Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. Just kidding. I never forget. <laughs> just looking at the pillow like I could, I could just be done with this. All right. Yeah, just send me my teams. All right, well, Bye. you are in some luck then, Parker, as we will get to. Ooh. Ooh. All right, so the Dragon Balls that go out this week go to the 49ers, the football team, and the Bears, which brings our totals to me with seven, Chris with seven, and Parker with 12. Ooh. Are any wishes to be used at this point? Not, Not yet. yet. All right. I think we're all ready for. He's fucking... been gracious so far. <laughs> we're ready to use all our wishes I've... on an immunity idol. I haven't decided if I'm going to open. Exactly. He has too many. He can just <laughs> counter my move right now. We <laughs> gotta, will uh, wait for him. Get to the records then. So my teams went five and four this week. Chris's teams went four and five this week. And Parker's slate of absolute dog shit managed to go five and three. What the fuck? Love to That's see it. That's the first time. Thank you, Shinron. Do not ask me to explain this as I look over these teams. It's like, okay, yeah. Broncos won somehow. Cowboys won somehow. The Bears and 49ers were off. Okay, yeah, sure. Five and three it is. So, Parker, you will be assigning a movie to Chris. You know I how nice something. I've been. Yeah, I do. It's all right, though. Give me... Let me double-check. I have something diabolical for you. No, I don't want the song. Give me the song. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no! The song, co- the song comes later, friend. Uh, so, on this podcast, we're big fans of M. Night Shyamalan, right, yeah. Chris? Yeah! How would you like to watch the movie he made before The Sixth Sense? The Fifth oh, Sense? <coughs> Written and directed by one M. Night Shyamalan, the tale of a ten-year-old boy in a Catholic school who, following the death of his beloved grandfather, embarks on a quest for the meaning of life. You know, just a little kid learning all about God and spirituality, and also his dad is Dennis Leary. <laughs> what you did? Tell me what you think about Wide Awake, my good friend. Oh, look at Rosie O'Donnell up on that. No, thing. come on. <laughs> Seven Dragon Balls. Seven Dragon Balls. Yeah, go ahead and use them. I definitely don't have anything worse lined up. 
So uh, what's next in the game of games? All right. Well, uh, we've got a we've got a laptop and a mining rig to take care of. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's get them dragon balls. All right. Maybe. Laptop is fine. Parker, odds or evens for the mining rig? Evens. That's a three. Is that even Damn or it. odd? <laughs> really makes you oh think. Oh my god, he has amnesia. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Chris, do you, do you have something you want to give him? Or, uh... Oh, I get something to give him? Okay. Well, somebody uh, gets to give him something. His mining rig blew up. Oh, He's brain no, damaged. Parker. You piece of shit. I'll tell you what, I'm actually going to give you a good one here. Um, you mentioned earlier about the intersection of horror Why? and comedy. I don't know, I don't feel like it. Oh, no. Uh, I want you to watch Student Bodies. I actually think you're going to like this one. All right. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I talked about Not it on the podcast. It it. Other than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chris is talking again. Time to masturbate. This is probably from the 20s. From 1980. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, moving on to our community teams, who are, of course, the Losing Dolphins and the Losing Lions. Oh, uh, wait, the Lions lost? How? It's, you know, every once in a while, it's a trap game. What can, what can you say? Yeah. <laughs> bad call. It's a I bad mean, call, that that's game. a motivation game. That gets them motivated for next game, so. I mean, you know. <laughs> it's like Tim Tebow giving that speech. It's, it's hard, hard to get started on that. I'll get to that after we stop recording. <laughs> it's really hard to get up every game, you know, coming off a Super Bowl like that. Like, these regular season games just don't seem to mean as much. You're playing against mm -hmm. something called a PJ Walker. Who's this to say? Like, yeah. But, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do you guys a favor this week. You know, it's the week of Thanksgiving. It's the season of giving. And since both of these teams lost, I feel like it's only fair that each of us gives a movie that we personally hate. To both of our co-hosts. Oh no! Oh jeez! So, nothing you haven't like seen. Nothing going in blind. No, it doesn't have to be the same movie. Okay, right. Just all—all all it has to be is something that you've seen and you hate that somebody else may appreciate. Oh my goodness! Wait, that someone else may appreciate? Not in the good way. Oh, never mind. <laughs> when I say somebody else, I mean the third person listening oh, to them tough. talk about it. This is tough. Um, Let me. Okay. okay yeah. Cause I gotta go through like one of the things. This is gonna be something that you people have given me. <laughs> it's, a, it's 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 in the cards. All right, if you guys want me to go first, I will. You seem like Absolutely. you want to. So I, it's not that I want to. It's just that I had a couple things in mind. Cause you know I need backups. Uh, well, okay. I don't know what everyone's seen. All right, Chris, have you seen Chappie? <laughs> no, I haven't seen Chappie. Oh. <laughs> Chappy. Okay. Is that spelled I E or Y? I E. Okay, got it. Thank you. Chappy. You hate Chappy? Chappy is, in my opinion, the worst movie I've ever seen. Really? Wow. All right. I hate Chappy so much. <laughs> we were talking about this movie the other day, and I looked it up because in my brain that movie is like three hours, twenty minutes, and to see it was only two hours, I was floored. You know, it's a movie about a killer robot designed by the government, but the robot has feelings. And also there's a 45-minute subplot where the robot joins a gang and gets graffiti tattoos and is mean to his robot dad. Oh, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> Parker. Sounds Parker, good. Have you seen Artificial Intelligence? Yeah. Yo! Fuck! <laughs> Damn it. 
No, on purpose. <laughs> I might. I have that downloaded. I haven't seen it yet. I might watch it. So it's just so part of right, to yeah, talk we can, about. We'll commiserate. Can share in it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take Chappie <laughs> if you want that one. <laughs> no, artificial intelligence was directed by uh, two good directors. Who wouldn't appreciate it? Maybe you'll appreciate it more. You can have it. <laughs> no. No, he'll watch it on his own in case there's another Manticore to please. Fucking right, he will. Um, <laughs> Better safe than sorry. Okay, well, there's only there's only one way I could possibly do, unless uh, Parker, you have something. I've got one. Okay. I'm trying to find a second one that's not obvious or okay. we didn't uh, cover. Like Cat in the Hat, shit like that's too easy. That is a little too easy. Uh, speaking of too easy, Parker, I'm going to assign you Tank Girl. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hey, look, I just like going to wave that immunity out real quick here. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Not today, buddy. Fucking thing. As for. I know this was a trick. <laughs> There's a backup. Okay. As for. No, I. I, I, I think I, do, I lose the opportunity to assign you one. So I go to Alex now. Um, for Alex, I am going to assign you. You like uh, the Titanic, right? The movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, that one girl, instructed by James Cameron? Sure. Yeah. Well, what if I told you there was an animated movie made in Italy called The Legend of Titanic? Bumper nuts. Wait, you have bumper Fuck, nuts? I'd rather watch Tank How many bumper nuts? <laughs> I, yeah. How many bumper nuts do you have? Um, I've only used one of the numbers on it, so as long as I don't roll a six here, I'm good. Motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess I'm. I guess I'm watching the uh, the Legend the of Titanic. Oh, I'll, I'll no, you. no, no! I'm watching the Julian Assange movie instead. It takes its place. <laughs> oh, that's rough. This might be worse. We'll see. Who knows? I forgot you had bumper nuts. Damn it! I, I, I keep forgetting how it happens. Here. To the I also have two immunity idols, and I opted to roll the dice. Well, <laughs> I guess you're watching the Julian Assange movie. Yeah. Yes, I am. Well, I'm still holding on to it, so I'll assign it to Parker at some point if he's naughty. Uh, Parker, what are you going to assign people? <laughs> Damn it. Okay, so movies I hated. Hey, Chris, no. you like Scooby-Doo, right? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Hope you enjoy Scoob. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Alex. How mean do I want All to I have is a doubler multiplier. Alex I can't use it on anything. Hey, Alex. You could. No, Alex. that wouldn't help me. Did you ever watch Lady in the oh, Water, friend? Damn. Well, then Zoolander 2 it is. I lied. Is. I haven't seen Lady in the Water. <laughs> One of the God. most wretched things I've ever God. seen in my life, dude. Damn it. All right. It is horrendous. All right. Zoolander 2. I watched that movie on a lot of Adderall <laughs> and wrote like a thousand words in one paragraph. Because it was four in the morning and I couldn't keep the thoughts in my head. It is. Ooh. It's hilarious, is what <laughs> I mean course. to say. Why wouldn't it be? That God, that topper of my worst rated movies is Lady in the Water, Zoolander 2, Transformers 5, and Fantastic Four. <laughs> what a pog list. Damn, if you reordered those, you know, you'd use the numbers. You know, the thing is, I can't even assign you my most hated movies because, like, <laughs> one of them is, like, a movie that's so bad I don't even want you guys to watch it. And two of them are just movies that you guys have assigned me, so. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what am I going to get out of making Chris watch Human yeah, Centipede I mean, 3? Besides knowing he'll correct. watch the first two. That, well. that is a lot. Yeah. Is it? 
<laughs> Man, maybe yes. we should have used the doublers on these. Right, right. Like, like right. most of most of these half stars are things you guys assigned me. <laughs> That's true. Is there anything else with the games? It would have been really funny if Chris just passed uh, like the Queen's Corgi onto Parker or something. <laughs> Parker, have Everyone you not seen that? The show. Parker uh, has not seen the There's no need to write out the whole thing <laughs> like that. That's fine. The IMDB <clears throat> languages. Because I just keep scrolling and be like, oh yeah, Max Payne, no. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, Dreamcatcher, no. Oh, that is the Taylor Lautner version. <laughs> oh, I've seen that one too. <laughs> Wait, that movie's on your worst movies list? It might be a different one. Right. I just saw the word abduction. That's probably Yeah, I was going to say. Like, <laughs> the no, Taylor Lautner parkour movie is much worse the... than that one. <laughs> what a curse. <laughs> I believe that's all we have for the game of games. I give you a week free of dice rolls. Oh, no! And that's the tea, sis.